My name is Aaron Sanders, and this is Thundercast. Today we will be interviewing Mrs. Tessa Wolfker, the middle school counselor. Hello. Hi. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm fine. Good. Me too. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Thank you. So for anyone who hasn't met you yet, explain what you do for Eastern. Okay, so I am in the middle school, and I am the counselor, but I kind of do social work, too. So I I talk to students, I do scheduling, I communicate with parents, I communicate sometimes with agencies such as Department of Child Services or probation, if students are involved in that. Um, I cover classes, I do lunch duty, uh, you name it, I will happily try to do it. Okay, so you you help with mental health? Yes, absolutely. Mental health is my main forte, so to speak. Do you do anything involving college? I do guidance lessons, you know, and talk to kids about uh, college and career. But as far as um, doing any kind of testing or trying to find scholarships other than 21st century scholars, which is offered to eighth graders, I do talk about that with eighth graders. But I don't do a lot with college other than introduce it, talk about it, introduce that one scholarship of 21st century scholars, which is a great opportunity for kids. But other than that, I mostly focus more on, um, yeah, like a mental health aspect. So what is 21st century scholars? So 21st century scholars is a scholarship from the state of Indiana for any seventh or eighth grader to enroll in. And what it does is it pays for your tuition to any Indiana college um, and there are some catches, I always say, to the kids. The first one is there; it is income-based. So if you make too much money, they're not going to give you more money to go to school. Um, and the second catch is you have to apply before the end of your eighth grade year or you're, you won't be able to uh, have that opportunity anymore. So, but yeah, it's a really good deal. I always tell kids if tuition per semester is, let's say, on the low end, $5,000, and you go two semesters a year, that's like $10,000 a year times four for a bachelor's degree. You're looking at almost like $40,000. So it's a really great opportunity. All right. What would you say is the moment that you decided that you wanted to be a school counselor? Well, I think when I got the job in the school, (laughs) I know that sounds backwards, but really I had gone to school to be a clinical mental health counselor, which those counselors actually work in the community and do mental health counseling, usually in community-based agencies or they have private practices. Um, But then I had small children who entered the school and there happened to be a job available for a student advocate. And I applied for it and got it and I loved it. And that's when I figured this is exactly where I want to be. I want to work in the school with kids on a daily basis. So it was, it was awesome. And I, that was in 2013, I believe. So did you go to Eastern? I did go to Eastern. I graduated in 1995. I was born in this area, raised in this area, went to school here. And then I went to college at Ball State University and then IU and then back to Ball State. And then after Ball State, I moved to Florida actually and taught fifth grade And after some time there, we decided we wanted to come back and be close to family. And here I am. What was Eastern like when you went to school there and how has it changed? Um, It was, it seems like it was smaller. It was smaller. All the school, we were all in one school. So the middle school and high school were all where the middle school is now. 
sports were a big deal. I think they still are here. Um, I was an athlete. I was a student athlete and I really loved athletics, but there was another side of me that really enjoyed art and drama. And we did have those things as well. Since you work in the sort of mental health of students, mm-hmm. what would you, how would you say that the mental health counseling has changed? Miss Sharon Yarber was the counselor when I was in high school, and I don't think I ever really talked to Sharon at all in high school. Um, so I don't really know how much it's changed since I've been in school. I think she used to see students and go into classrooms, and I feel like that's kind of what I do. So I don't really see every student in the school usually. I just kind of see the kids who need me and when they need me. I think nowadays kids are a little more stressed. I think nowadays kids are more anxious. I think with all the online social media type things, it's kind of, you can't really escape it. I feel like when I was a kid, you went to school and you had stress and pressures that all kids have in school, um, but then you went home and you got a break. And nowadays I feel like kids go home and they have the even more because they're on social media and it's really fun. But at the same time, it poses, I think, some stress and some comparisons. We compare ourselves to everybody. So I think, you know, kids have had the same problems they've had for decades. But nowadays it feels like it. you just can't escape it. It's just always there. So when I was in school, you know, kids were had anxiety and they were stressed and they had some bad things going on at home, but nowadays I feel like social media has kind of added something else to that. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. People need a social cool down. Yeah. And you you don't have it. And and it's great. I mean, I love social media, but I do think it's a constant in kids' lives and adults' lives now to constantly look at social media and compare. And well, that life looks amazing. Why is mine not amazing? And you know, it's all, a lot of it's very fake and it just puts a lot of stress and pressure on people or it can. After high school, how mm-hmm. would you describe your education path? What did you, did you go to college? Yes. So I went, I attended Ball State University and I was undecided. So I just knew I wanted to go to college. I'm a first generation college graduate in my family. And so I knew I always wanted to do it, but I had no idea what I wanted to do. So every time I talk to kids about college, I usually like to tell them that because I think students and kids and people have this idea that everyone knows exactly what they want to do. And that was not the case for me. I had no idea what I wanted to do. So I just went to Ball State and I had no major. And then I think I declared it in journalism at some point. And then I changed it to sociology at some point. And then I decided I didn't even want to go to Ball State. So I went back to IU and I didn't have a major. And then I I did pretty bad at IU, actually. Too many friends around, didn't go to class very often. And then I stopped going to IU. I took a break and had to do some soul searching. And that's kind of what took me back to Ball State. And then once there is when I decided, I think I want to go into teaching. So I got my undergraduate in elementary education. And that's when I taught fifth grade in Florida. And after we moved back, I had a hard time getting a teaching position because it was really difficult at that time. Uh, There were lots of teachers not retiring and no, everybody wanted to be a teacher. I feel like it's almost the opposite now. (laughs) There's teaching positions everywhere. So then I went back to school and decided I wanted to do counseling. Um, I like the idea of it. I always liked the idea of hearing people's stories and talking one-on-one and trying to help. And I was always a really good listener. So I went back and I got my master's at ISU in uh, clinical mental health counseling. And and here I am. And then I was fell into this position at Eastern, and I'm so happy I did. Do you have any kids yourself? I do. I have two kids. And actually, they 
they kind of, I took off some time from teaching um, to raise my kids. So that's when I kind of did the soul, more soul searching. You're like, man, this lady's doing a lot of soul searching. I'm very reflective. So this is when I really thought about, do I want to go back into teaching? And although I really love teaching, that's when I decided I like the idea of, of maybe some kind of counseling um, therapy type thing. And that's what kind of uh, being home with them, uh, kind of what is what provoked me or was the catalyst to go back to school to get my master's in therapy or counseling. But yes, I do. Josie is a freshman at the high school now and Finn is in seventh grader in the middle school. How do you think being a parent has affected how you work with students? Um, It has affected me a lot. So interestingly, when I talk to kids, I get a lot of, I don't want to say a lot of complaints about parents, but a lot of the things that kids talk to me about are things that are happening at home. And a lot of it, I shouldn't say a lot, but some of it is revolving around, you know, how they interact with their parents and things their parents do that might bother them. And as a parent, it's interesting to hear this because I'm kind of wearing two hats. I'm this counselor who's listening without judgment. But then on the other hand, I'm a parent who understands where the parent's coming from when they tell them things. So I really have to watch that. But it's helped me, um, I guess, understand the parent's point of view. I've already been a kid, so I totally get the kid's point of view uh, because I'm kind of a kid at heart. But now as a parent, being a parent has allowed me to see the parent's point of view. And sometimes with kids, that's what I try to help them see. And I'll say that a lot. I can tell you as a parent, I'll say as a parent, I can relate to what your parents saying because I also would, you know, have a problem with you doing something dangerous or, you know, something like that. So it, it really has kind of made me, a, I think, a well-rounded counselor. <laughs> so I can kind of see that perspective as well as the kid perspective, as well as the different roles we all play in life. What would you say is the most rewarding part of being a counselor? Uh, meeting you guys. I love to hear people's stories. I I think young people are just really neat. I mean, I think as you, no offense, old people, I'm one of them, but I think as you get older, you just lose a little, a little bit of um, shine and, and young people are so shiny and cool and interesting. And it's just so neat to meet so many different people and hear uh, their stories because we all have a story and so that's the most rewarding thing to me is just to actually meet individuals and hear and have the opportunity to hear their story and and be a part of it on some level. I, I really appreciate that. It's very rewarding. So, yeah, I, I would say that it's just being being you guys are like rock stars. Young people are like rock stars to me. So just being able to be around you is very rewarding. As cheesy as that sounds. So we're going through a really, really weird time right now mm-hmm. with uh, COVID-19. How would you say COVID-19 is affecting the mental health of school-aged children? I would say it's causing a a little bit of uh, stress and anxiety. I think more so than some people realize. I think there's this kind of underlying, I think everyone's somehow getting used to it, as crazy as that sounds. You know, we've been wearing masks. We've been hearing about this now since March. So consciously, we're all fairly used to it. Um, But I think subconsciously, on another level, there's this underlying stress and anxiety that's just kind of we're all carrying around, not just school-aged children, but adults as well. And I think day-to-day, we're all doing fine, but I think we all have those moments, um, and it depends on who you are and when you have your moment, but we all have those moments when we're just feeling like we're, ah, 
you know, want to scream or we're just over it. And I think kids are no different than adults with that. They feel the same way. They get sick of school. They're getting tired. They're sick of wearing masks. And, and, and it causes, you know, frustration. So I think they're, we're all right there on the same level when it comes to feeling a little more anxiety and stress during COVID, for sure. Speaking of uh, school-age children's struggles, mm-hmm. what would you say is the modern-day middle schooler's greatest struggle? There's so many, because middle school is so hard. I I feel so bad for middle schoolers. I always tell them I don't. I bet if you ask people, they you couldn't pay them enough to go back to middle school. It's such a difficult time. I think they're going through physical changes. They're going through social changes. They're trying to find their identity. And so I'm trying to hone in on just one of those aspects, but it's really hard to do. But I would say what I see mostly in school is kids struggling socially. And by that, I mean they're struggling to find real friends. What usually happens in middle school is friends you've been friends with since first grade suddenly change because they're trying to find out who they are and friendships fall apart and feelings get hurt. So socially, a lot of kids struggle just trying to find their place in in the social hierarchy that is middle school and that can be really tough because it can lead to low self-esteem it can lead to hurt feelings among friends and hurt relationships so I feel like that's where most middle schoolers really struggle on top of all the other things like hormones and home life and academics and and all that thing I think that's what, what really hits middle schoolers hard because that's when social um, identity becomes very important and who you are socially really matters. And as you grow older, you realize you kind of grow out of that more, but it's just at its peak, I feel like, in, in middle school um, and early high school. So that's tough. So being a counselor must be pretty stressful. What do you do in your free time to relieve stress? I used to have very healthy coping skills. I used to run and exercise, but lately, like most of us during COVID, I've decided that food is a great way to relieve stress. <laughs> I'm not really joking, but I kind of am. I actually, I do, I spend time with my family. I spend time outside. I just sit and relax. I know that sounds weird. I don't want to call it necessarily meditation because I'm not sitting in the corner with my legs folded, oming or anything, but I just will often sit somewhere quiet, you know, and and just relax and take breaths and listen to music. Oh, that music is huge for me. So music helps me decompress. It helps me get out of a bad mood. But also exercising when I can make myself do it is a great stress reliever. So that's kind of what I do to deal with the stress I feel as a counselor or even as a parent or as anybody. I've heard you've done a lot of international travel. So Uh where have you been? Oh, I I have done a lot of international travel. So travel is a great stress reliever if you can afford it. And I do my best to try to afford it. I have been, I married an Austrian. So we go to Austria, which is in Europe, um, not to be confused with Australia. Lots of people do that. Um, So we go to Austria. um, We used to go about every year. But with COVID, we weren't able to go this summer. So, but I've been to Austria Germany, Italy, Turkey, um, Mexico. I, I don't know. I've been a lot of places, uh, mostly in Europe, though, and it's awesome. So if you ever have an opportunity to travel, I that's the best education for sure. It's a lot of fun. Don't go bankrupt. 
Yes, but get a good job because it is expensive. That's what I like to spend my money on, though, is travel. So my car, you saw it. It's a minivan. It's not the coolest thing in the world, but, hey, I can travel, and that's what's important to me. We're about done here. Okay. Uh, one last question. Mm-hmm. Do you have any words of advice for anyone listening right now, any counselor's wisdom? So my advice for people as a counselor would be to watch your thoughts because your thoughts can determine your feelings and your behaviors. So try to think positively and don't let yourself get too negative. And oftentimes, especially with COVID and all the things going on in the world, we can get very negative. So be aware of that and allow yourself to think positively. Allow yourself to see the good in things. Allow yourself to have hope in things because that essentially is what leads to happiness, I feel like. So that would be my advice as a counselor. Find meaning in things. Definitely find meaning in things. Everything has meaning. So always try to find the meaning in things to help you get through it or to find happiness, definitely. And as far as for young people specifically, other than what I just said, um, don't sweat the small stuff. It's all small stuff. All right. Is there anything else you'd like to say? I don't think so. You've been a very good interviewer. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Aaron. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Thundercast. Please tune in for our next episode coming very soon. If you have any suggestions or comments, please email us at thundercast at egreen.k12.in.us. You can subscribe to hear every episode of Thundercast on iTunes, Google Play Music, and Podbean. All content in this podcast is property of Eastern Green School Corporation and may not be used without express written permission. All rights reserved.